it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. The Vault of Startling Monster Horror Tales of Terror! <laughs> Hello, horror fans. Um, <laughs> kind of a little embarrassing this month. Uh, I thought I would do the intro from an actual wax museum for that extra authenticity. So I just, like, picked up my phone and said, you know, send me to a house of wax. And so it sent me here, and uh, like an idiot, I didn't look at the spelling, and it turns out that Maury's house of wax is spelled W-H-A-C-K-S. And it's, well, it's more of an adult. Yo, Skeletor! You gonna buy them dildos, or are you just walking around the store with them? Oh, jeez. Okay. En enjoy Waxworks, everybody. What the hell? You recording here? What? Uh, uh, hey, what's going on? Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Vault of Startling Monster Horror Tales of Terror. I am your co-host this evening, Mr. Luke Jackanay. I'd like to thank everyone for downloading and listening to the show today. It's a little bit of, like, performance art, kind of an exhibit we've got going on for you today. It's not just, it's not audio. It's, you got to use your, your mind's eye here. So, left to right, across our tableau of horrors, first we have the hair metal hero, Chris Tyler. I do what I want, when I want. Dig it, or fuck off. <laughs> true words, true words. And you heard him laughing there in the background. The next on our, uh, eg the next exhibit in line is my brother, Mr. Jason Giaconetti. The trouble with dictators. I think dictators are the bad people. They have the shouting voices and the small mustaches. <laughs> <laughs> also true words. Also true words. <laughs> and uh, rounding out our uh, our, uh, our 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 uh, exhibit today, two true freaks OG Chris Honeywell. As if you guys didn't watch this movie and go like, "Well, I'm not taking that line because Honeywell's taking it." <laughs> All right, who put acid in my drink again? <laughs> again, <laughs> China. <laughs> oh, there's there's a lot there's a lot yeah, of good the lines. One, the one I had, the one I had. <laughs> So the thing, the thing about this, so if you can't tell from that, folks, we are taking a look at 1988's Waxwork, a legit OG Vestron video release. Yeah. Uh, directed and written by uh, Anthony Hickox. Um, more on Anthony Hickox in a minute. But, you know, the line in this movie, the line, hold on, the line in this movie that to me is the reason that it, it this, this movie is, like I said, it was Vestron, so that's why it was, it's a horror rack hanger on. Uh, you know, that, that Vestron VHS with the awesome cover of, you know, the, the little guy opening the door to see the all the wax-melting horrors behind it. You know, stop on by and give the afterlife a try. More fun than a barrel of mummies. Uh, what I've seen many, many times over the years in uh, rental stores. Um, the line that I always loved about this that is so on the nose is, Waxworks are out of date. This is the video age. <laughs> and so... In 1988, for a movie that Vestron barely released in theaters that went direct to video, essentially, you know, after a very short uh, theatrical release, that's kind of on the point, isn't it? Because this is a total throwback, uh, you know, by uh, Hickox. And, and it, even to the point that in the credits, if you watch the credits all the way to the end, right before you get to the legal stuff, it actually says, dedicated to Hammer, Argento, Romero, Dante, Landis, Spielberg, Wells, Carpenter, Mom and Dad, and countless others. So this mm -hmm. is a love letter to all the things that Anthony Hickox, uh, you know, was a fan of. Uh, you might know Hickox. He, besides this film and its sequel, he uh, he worked on Hellraiser three. I know we got some Hellraiser three fans out there. That's Warlock me. the Armageddon. I know we have a Warlock the Armageddon fan on there. That's me. <laughs> you know. <laughs> 
you know, they did a film called Sundown, The Vampire in Retreat, which uh, had David Carradine in it, which uh, and Bruce Campbell and uh, Deborah Foreman back from this movie. So, so. but uh, did had had a, had a pretty long career, and as of uh, 2019, was still working. Did a movie called Infamous Six in oh. uh, in 2019. So he is still still out there doing stuff. But Waxwork was his uh, his first film, and he said he supposedly wrote it in three days. Yeah. And wow. this this is this this is totally an eighties a late eighties love letter to a bygone age of horror. I think is probably the best way to put it. So I just want to throw one thing in before I forget because I, I know I forget this. So when we're talking about we're going to talk about all the different waxworks that are there. There were three actual waxworks that the, he had planned, and legally they had to take them out of the movie or take them out <laughs> of the script. Here we go. Number one was Jason Voorhees from the Friday the Thirteenth series. Wow. Obviously couldn't get that one. Then there was, it was supposed to be five children from Village of the Damned. How to take that one out? They couldn't get the rights to the Midwich Cuckoos? Okay. Really? Well, I'm, I'm saying, like, just five kids doesn't necessarily mean Village of the Damned. Yeah. And, a guy, and a guy in a hockey mask doesn't necessarily mean Jason Voorhees either. You know? okay, 100%. I understand what you're saying, but he it literally. Could have been wanted... Clark W. Griswold. Like, no, but he <laughs> put Jason Voorhees. And yes. they wanted to put uh, the Village of the Damned. And the last one was Carpenter's The Thing. All of those should be in this movie. Now, here's the striking irony of the whole thing. Kane Hodder, who would go on to be like the greatest Jason Voorhees ever, did all the stunt work on the movie and actually played the Frankenstein's monster. Yep. So who do you think might have played Jason Voorhees <laughs> in this movie if they had had the rights to do him? I'm just saying that would have been so, pretty good. Sir, so, how funny, how funny would that have been, right? Kane Hodder, right? And they're like, well, he's played Jason Voorhees like however many times. They're like, no, you're wrong. Like, well, he played in Waxworks too. They're like, oh, shit, you know? I mean, the guy ever to play Jason and Freddy in the same movie. So, you know, anyway. Uh, right. But yeah, I and, and, and I, I, don't, I will say, I mean, it, there is a lot of people getting lit on fire on the last reel. So, that always makes me think yeah. of, you know, Yes. Oh, it always makes me think of you. I know you love a guy in a good, a good full-out full flame. Body you know, full body burn. Yeah, well, full body burn. appreciate people willing to put themselves out there, like because that stuff is super dangerous. But what I love yeah. is that they're also so quickly edited that it's like we got three people on fire in the span of like you know about yeah. ten seconds. You yeah. know, oh, none yeah, of the, them, la the last <laughs> of get more than a few seconds. Of this movie is just bang, 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 bang. yeah, it's just chaos. I, I mean. I... Like low budget David, chaos. It has David Warner in it for Christ's sake. It's I got, mean, it's got gold in everything. It's, it's got oh. Miles O'Keefe playing Dracula. Full stop. Yes. I mean, I'm sorry, and he's awesome as Dracula. I want to see that movie of Miles O'Keefe's Dracula. You know, well, there, there's uh, there's elements of like time band. You know, it's like the time bandits and gremlin. It's all it's everything well, in a blender. Like gremlins, just for the the like. Just the Zach whole Gilligan. general general <laughs> attitude of the movie. The the whole movie is like you know, every time every time the midget, you know, bows, you hear his hair just like whoop, whoosh, whip. And, yeah. You know, it's just it's just obviously had budget limitations, and probably spent all their budget getting all the all the fucking character actors. But so they had to make it up with like editing and style, you know, they had to they, and they obviously thought out, you know, thought even for a three day script. It's pretty good. Yeah. I'd never heard of this movie. I didn't had no really? idea it existed. And, and this movie's like, got, it's not the greatest movie in the world, but boy, it's got energy galore. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's fun. Uh, this movie, this is this is one I knew more from television because yeah. there's not a lot that needs to be cut for this to air on on no uh, really on broadcast TV. So oh, this was yeah. one I remember watching on like Channel Eleven and stuff. Yeah. Even into even into the '90s, I remember this one being around because again, it I think it's it's a good one because it's it's visually interesting. You're gonna you're like what the hell? It's like there's so much stuff in it that it's gonna keep it's it's gonna keep your attention if you happen to spot it. And it's not it's something you got to really worry about content. And there's even the language is not bad, you know, for that. Yeah, and it, and sci-fi show it too because there was one of the movies that's for in the '90s. It was one of the movies sci-fi would show at Halloween time, especially. It just made their cycle of movies until Sci-Fi Channel then only showed like three of the Halloween movies. And like whatever, but like when they used to, this used to be part of that rotation. But Luke's right; they're 
the the cut that the the rated cut the rated cut that you have uh there is very little technically you have to cut out i mean there's there's no nudity per se i mean there's some gross stuff in there but it's nothing that you couldn't yeah, get away with a on a couple of f-bombs and yeah. And uh, just uh, well, you you could cut it like where the guy gets ripped in half. You could totally cut that like to to a cutaway with the sound effect and not hinder the story at all. The only gore right. part that would really be hard to deal with would be the guy's leg <laughs> that was get that they were for dinner. But even that, yeah. even is not nearly as that. So I because so I've seen the unrated cut, right? Kind of thing, which has got all the stuff restored back in. It's much longer. The, the, the rat gnawing on his leg and whatever. That whole thing is just blood everywhere. That scene alone, they said that the, the, the special effects team, well, because Bob Keane did the effects, the actual makeup effects, but the, 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 the special effects team that did all the blood and stuff said they had never filmed a scene anywhere near that bloody in their entire lives. <laughs> just buckets of blood everywhere. It made me think of like Evil Dead, where they're like, how many gallons of blood can we pour on Bruce Campbell's face? Right, you know? It's just crazy, and of course, everything is stark is so white in the room, yes. and it shows the blood so well. The one thing I can tell you about this is that, and, and for those of us who, have, if you've never seen Waxworks, um, you got to understand that, like, like, the 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 makeup effects in this movie, because they're all there, there's no CGI. This is all physical in camera stuff. They are all really, really good. Like every makeup is good. Everything looks spot on. Like the costuming is good. Like this movie looks like it's it's far this movie has um i mean visually looks far better than its budget would imply oh yeah well they're they're just very inventive with how they planned it because it's like because at first i was like ah, this is all like it's well done but it's all very there's no mood to the lighting everything's very flat and realistic but then you know, they did that purposely because then when you start going into all the dioramas, then yeah. all of a sudden everything's a different kind of mood lighting. Sometimes it's hazy yeah. and moody. And also what was happening on in those things was basically a, uh, you know, sort of a, a like its own little pocket dimension diorama. So it all could have still have the look of a set, you know, to it. It, to go along with how it looked as a diorama. So it was all, you know, it was all very cheap. There's no big castles or or any anything like that. It was just very, very well thought out and executed. And then it also gets it back to Hickox's, you know, that, that dedication. It, it looks like the werewolf scene looks like a Hammer movie. The Dracula part yeah. looks like a Hammer movie. There are parts yeah. that look like... You know, I mean, at one point, the giant plant says, feed me, you know, for yep. crying out loud, which <laughs> cracks which me is, up every time. Which is funny because he was like, you know, we took, you know, these are the the worst people in the world. And it's like, OK, I can I can see how you can say, OK, Dracula was real and stuff like that. But what's Night of the Living Dead? What's he doing <laughs> in Night of the Living Who's that? Who's Night of the Living Dead? You know, yeah, from Pittsburgh. <laughs> by, by that point, Rosemary's you don't care, baby like, and the, the alien and stuff. It's like, you, yeah, yeah, it's got to roll with it. You really don't have a chance. But that's the thing. It's so it's so just entertainingly rolling by that you don't have time to think about like, hey, this is low budget or hey, this doesn't make sense. It just keeps uh, the, the only thing I think they should have they, they could have done differently was when he goes to visit his godfather and then after he leaves he's like all right get the troops together it's happening and stuff like that and and at that point it's like okay so i know there's going to be the scene of the cavalry coming in at some point you know and that was in the back of my head they should have just had after they left the room they had the two of them like just give each other a look and be like mm-hmm 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 and that would have yeah, been but enough you know, to just plant even the even when you even if you know the cavalry's coming, you do not know that it's going to be Patrick Mackney riding on a battle cart. <laughs> I was just about to say battle wheelchair. <laughs> battle wheelchair, looking like a like a uh, like Winston Churchill Dalek. Yeah. <laughs> oh. But he even yeah. and he even yells "tally ho" at one point. Yeah, so that's, 
This is John Steed from the Avengers, for Christ's sake. At, at that point, that scene is almost the equivalent of a pie fight. You know, it's yes. a pie fight end where everybody, except instead of hitting each other with pies, they're stabbing each other through the well, face and stuff. It's you ever okay? So, so let me uh, let me hang with me for a minute. You guys ever see the uh, the? It, it's a musical film called Bugsy Malone. A long time ago, but yes, it's, it's a gangster movie with all the little kids. All the kids, right? yeah. And the music's by Paul Williams, so you know why I'm into this, mm-hmm. right? So, mm-hmm. okay. And uh, the the one of the gist of the one of the main push uh, drivers of the story is that one of the gangs has this technology. It is a Tommy gun that shoots pies, mm-hmm. right? And it and they're wiping out the other gang with it. So the other gang has to get it, and it's like an arms race. And at the end, they have this huge fight where they mow everybody down with these Tommy with these pie Tommy guns, and for like. 30 seconds, all the gangsters are, like, laying dead. Right? Like, they had the kids actually, like, wipe each other out. Then they get up and they all start saying, well, you know, it, it, it turns into a big musical number and they're all it's all just a game, right? But that's basically what you're describing, right? It's like it's a pie fight except everybody's dying. <laughs> right. Yeah. They're stabbing, they're shooting, there's uh, setting fire. people on fire. Uh, there's, you know... So, um, real quick, heads just want to throw... The, the, heads, the, several yeah, heads are crushed fire. Heads are crushed so, and pulled off in this movie. Yeah. So the uh, they they actually the, contacted. See, at the end, we see the one black guy in the whole movie, and of course, he's dressed as a native with a. He's spear. a witch doctor. Yeah. 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 So they they uh, Michael Gaw. Uh, <laughs> they called him. They he they asked him. He told him what to do. You know. Yeah. So <laughs> <The> witch doctor. <laughs> oh, okay. Ooh, so he. Michael. Uh, Christopher Lee. Cushing and Donald Pleasance were all originally, uh, they were they were originally asked uh, to be the role of uh, Sir Wilford. They were supposed to be the cameo of Sir Wilford, Sir Wilford. Um, but they couldn't get them in. Like, they didn't, again, this, this just speaks to how little money they had at the time. They couldn't get them in to be, because that was supposed to be with the, 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 the name cameo kind of thing. But all those guys are very much in the Amicus and Hammer and all yeah. that world stuff, right? And it's so Again, it wouldn't matter as much to people who maybe didn't really kind of know who they were, but it meant so much to, well, the the roots of this movie. Um, yeah. Is this kind of Monster and, Squad you know, for adults? Not that Monster well, you know, Squad that is, is a Monster is, Squad when for I was, adults. When I was reading, they were saying that that, that was, um, in the Wikipedia, it makes reference to that, that there was a lot of concern that this was going to be seen as very similar to the Monster Squad. Oh, really? I... I could, yeah, I sort of see that, but yeah, it's, it's which Monster yeah. Squad is well, Monster Squad is eighty-seven, so this was the year before, yeah. and it's certain. And, and the thing is, is that I I can see yeah. it because it does bring everybody together, and it presumes it makes the presumption that the monsters are the movie monsters are all real, but this takes it, I think, a couple of steps further because we do besides, like you said, the the big universal monsters, you get you know the the alien right, you get the voodoo priest. Jack the Ripper's in there, you know, yeah. and then you know the 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 I mean the go, the uh, the the golem is in there, which I think is fantastic because I love the golem. I love anytime you can use a, the the golem and actually use the, the 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 Jewish myth of the golem. But the Marquis de Sade, right? And the Marquis de Sade is such a that's so far divorced from anything we could expect or get, you know. And what's and I funny don't think is the real Marquis de Sade was like. A little guy whose brain was rotted out from like venereal disease. Are you <laughs> he was like about me again? Decre- yes, yes. little decrepit, skinny guy. But you, oh, see, no. you know what no. though? Intellectually, I know that, but emotionally, this is the Marquis de Sade, as far yeah, as I'm yeah, concerned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is his spirit body. This is as yeah, a, as an a, as the side, the English prince who's working with the Marquis de Sade, Anthony Hickox. Yep. Uh, writer and director of this movie. So what's, what's <laughs> funny about director, I'd be in my movies too. Yeah. What's yeah. funny about the Dracula in this is is uh, I saw Rice. I, I I saw him and I'm like, look, it's tall. They got tall Tom Cruise, and then it's, they show, yeah. got a close up of his face, and I'm like, oh, it's like Dolph Lundgren and Tom Cruise <laughs> mixed together. And then after that, and I was he's, getting ready he's... to ma- start making jokes, and then I'm like. This guy's intense. <laughs> this guy's yeah. actually Miles. Terrible. Miles He's O'Keefe. Terrifying. I mean, well, Miles O'Keefe, he was Tarzan, 
in Tarzan the Ape Man from 1981, oh. but most people know him as Ator from the Ator the Fighting oh, Eagle movies. I was and sitting there going, I know he's so familiar. Who is yeah, this? I mean, I mean, Miles, well, Miles okay. I mean, he's he made a lot of those. I mean, he made a lot of kind of you know kind of crappy movies and stuff, right? And he's, but you look at him as like he's a big, in, intimidating looking guy. Like I said, he did Tarzan the Ape Man, he, and then the Ator movies, which is what most people know him from. And but you know, and he made you know some other Italian movies and and some crap like that before he made this, but. God damn if he's not a great Count Dracula. I was being completely serious. I'd love to see oh, that yeah. version of Dracula, especially like I said, that's literally my note is Anne Rice fancy vampires. He's, and this he's, is this is I mean this is about Yeah. He's, I mean this this is this is like 12 years after the book cuz the book was I think 76, but this is long before the movie cuz the movie was what 94 I want to say. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. So I don't I mean obviously Interview with the Vampire was a big deal, but this is the kind of that the you know I don't remember a, a fancy pants vampire adaptation in a movie before you know kind of leaning into that 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 uh, you know overly erotic you know rice sort of vampire. So I thought I I really I always dug that. I never really kind of made that connection. I think I was too young because I hadn't really I hadn't read Anne Rice when I first saw this movie. You know. Oh. Now, on, in the interest of fairness, I should say the mummy in this is nothing like Ramsey's from Anne Rice's mummy yeah. book. This is a, this is like fantastic old school mummy. You guys know I'm a sucker for a mummy coming out of a tomb and and stomping up some shit. So, <laughs> oh, so this, this is a very this is a very canna, leaf mummy. Uh, oh yeah. So because if, if you know your later mummy sequels, the whole point was, and this is I said this to Dad when we were covering some of the mummy movies. I said I want to see the mummy. Get his hands on all the tana leaves and become a force that nothing could stop. Just tearing well, he, apart the world. He'd be I, like, well, he'd it, be like Imhotep from the Summers movies then, probably. Mm. But you know what's what's they, funny with the mummy? Because you go ahead, Jeff. Oh no, I'm just saying is is like the classic mummy. You know, dragging the leg, doing yeah. all the things like it's horror. You, yeah, it, it's it's launching, yeah, launching you, Junior I, dragging his leg, yeah. Right, but it's so not the like. Okay, so you think about like the mummy, like from from Hammer's the Mummy, and like their mummy movies, and 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 the, and the mummy sequels. It's at every single mummy, like that, like and all those old you know uh, Hammer movies and the old Universals, except for Karloff's the Mummy, who's really right. that, well, that's, the, well, that's the other. That's uh, the other reference. Well, that's the other reference here. So when when the cop goes through into the Egyptian scene. What yeah. is the soundtrack? It's Swan Lake, which is played during the opening interstitial titles of Karloff's The Mummy, yep. right? And so you have to use Swan Lake because first off, Swan Lake's in the public domain, so you can use yep. it. But that yep. immediately sets the tone for, I mean, it's that doesn't make me think of the ballet. It makes me think of the mummy every time. Mm -hmm. and, and in the that, interest of fairness, I should say there is one hammer mummy that's not like swathed in bandages, and that's from uh, the queen from Blood of the uh, Blood of the Mummy's Tomb. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. She can she can choke me out for Tana leaves any day. I'm cool. With that. <laughs> that that cop is kind of like he reminded me of Chris Elliott and the principal from Ferris Bueller. <laughs> and okay, am I am I crazy, or was the music in Egypt like almost the Harry Potter music? Right. The yeah, it's. I, th I think I think uh, the Harry Potter music is kind of playing on Swan Lake a little bit. I think is what it is. Oh, you mean it's been used for that in, a, in many things? That's why years. I hear it all over the place. It's not okay. Yeah, I'm just dumb. No, you're not dumb. You're just uncultured. That's why you're on this show. <laughs> no, I'm dumb too. <laughs> I'm. Oh, I, I. If anything, I'm self-aware of my dumbness and unculturedness. I mean, what was that? Where it was? Was that the state where it was highbrow, lowbrow on the same screen? Yes. Yes. It's <laughs> another series that is so lost in time. Oh, anyway, that was our off-air discussion about these. Some of these series we were talking about that were lost. Anyway, uh, but, but yeah, I mean, um, the whole thing. Like I said, with, with the Marquis de Sade, I love that. Sarah's like she's into it like even before she gets pulled in right yeah like she's into it in the attic and then she gets pulled in and it's like hot oh, damn this girl's got some stuff going on below the surface here yeah yeah 
Yeah, he's inherited a handful after this movie because yeah, that's yeah, that that didn't come out of nowhere. She didn't just get like, well, I just got. Cr-. I mean, maybe what she'll play it off like that, but no, we know she was the movie. down. She was down to go to Pound Town in yeah. whatever fashion she that meant. Down like yeah. Charlie Brown going downtown to go down on a clown. What? With Julie Brown. With Julie Brown. Right. With downtown Julie Brown. Either Julie Brown. doesn't matter. I like uptown Julie uh, Brown and downtown. Downtown Julie Brown. Yeah, I, I had to explain that to Haley the other day because downtown Julie Brown's on uh, 90s on 9 and I said well this is downtown Julie Brown not uptown Julie Brown Haley goes what I go this I go whoa whoa whoa, whoa. this is downtown Julie Brown like she's like what I go so I had to explain it all to her she's like okay I just don't care um, you know so you know I, I will say that um, you know um, uptown Julie Brown uh, the she has one of my you know obviously the homecoming queen's got a gun is one of my favorite comedy songs of all time but I like them big and stupid also an underrated comedy song <laughs> because oh that's God. you know it's like I lean into that sometimes you gotta you know yep. you gotta go <laughs> my band used to do a semi annual uh, show where we we would bring like we would just have an open call to women who wanted to do cover songs we had to do because I'm a blonde one year yes because I'm like, a blonde. And I've also oh partied. God, you're embarrassing I've, me. I've partied extensively with Wubba Wubba, Julie Brown's brother, who lives here in Rochester and is in a was. I don't know if he still is in a, a reggae band or the same reggae band called Somehow Nuff that's Respect. That's not surprising. That's not surprising. You know? Called Nuff Respect. He's Nuff he's respect. he's very very nice guy, mm. fun guy. You got to hook up with him, and you can play the songs from Popcorn. He another, did, uh, he did not movie. hated it when anybody brought up his sister or, or if anybody <laughs> came up to him and was like, hey, wubba wubba, he was just like, hey, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing my own thing. That's awesome. The other, the other, we haven't mentioned his name, but the other person in this, John Reese Davies, is yeah. great. In- and we get he's to see the Hawkman become a Wolfman. Yes. I love that he I love when he goes in the door he, you're met with a full bellowing sweating <laughs> spittle flying John Rice Davies. He's he's you know he's John Rice Davies at as 10. you like him as if, at its swarthiest. At, if at you're 10. if you're gonna look, you're on set, you're gonna do a movie, go all out. Don't freaking mail it well, in. No, right? I mean usually with him you start him out at two or three where he's just like ha 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 and like hitting you on the shoulder and stuff and just like, <laughs> How are you? And then, and like, then by the end of his scenes, he's singing, you know, the HMS Pinafore or whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> One thing, just about, real quick about, real quick about, you know, yeah. real quick about John Reese Davies. You know, if you watch all the special features on the uh, uh, extended editions of Lord of the Rings, all of his cast members talk about that. That what we see on screen, that's him. That's not. There's no like pretension or character. Nope. That's just he's- John Reese Davies. And he said that he's like all these other fellowship out like everywhere they went. More wine, more of everything. You know, he's the human embodiment of swarthy. Everything that swarthy (laughs) implies. I didn't know Welsh people could get that swarthy. Both both physically and in spirit, he's just he's just that. You know, yes. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Everybody says they want to be Indiana Jones, but in the end, we're all just Sala. All just all just trying to be Sala. It's absolutely true. No, you know. none of us have that many kids, man. Sala's even, yeah. But Sala's got, I mean, he's, he's got it all, right? You know, he gets to go on his adventures, but he's still got the family life. He's a well-respected guy, you know? You know he's, you know he's got his own thing going on between him and Indiana hanging out, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I take you to all the best places, Indy. <laughs> I'm probably call him like, Balosh. That's just me, so. <laughs> <laughs> My only other note from that is it just has that that like you can't even you can't even call it like you you can't even pick on it in the movie because it's a trope of the werewolf movies and you're in a tro- you're in a living diorama, but the whole thing where the the old guy and the young guy burst in to shoot the, the with the, give me the silver bullet why don't you have the silver bullet yeah, yeah. in the gun that's have what you do when you you're going out after the werewolf. Put the silver bullets yeah, in your gun. 
cocked, yeah. locked, and in ready the to car rock. On the way there, while you're talking about your plan to kill the the werewolf, but that's but you can't have that because it was it was well, like right. it was a that's, drama. That's, it was, it's a that's diorama. The drama. It's a drama right. that yeah. plays out, and it's it's it's. Because they have to believe it, right? That's the whole thing about this, is that the reason why they have to sacrifice the people to the waxworks is because these are the souls of the most evil beings of all time, and the victims have to believe it. So you do get the great stuff with you know, Zach Galligan, because he knows it's not real. I do love that. In the Night of the Living Dead riff, when he says, no, you're not real, you can't hurt me, all the zombies kind of look around confused. And that is that is brilliant. I love like, ugh. i i i like him his character is so like so weirdly written and like it it, because he's got that like i i know this is the most self-aware yuppie kid ever yeah this is years after gremlins and gremlins 2 and stuff so i know he's a little bit older and stuff but his character is this weird combination of like at the beginning i almost thought like since since like the beginning with the robbery, it almost had like his the guy who got his head burnt off looked it, it looked like it had like maybe they were a mafia family or something and the and like the mother being like it was son blah 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 the neighborhood they lived in didn't match up that much I'm like what is is he like a spoiled mafia kid he's reading his comic sort of like Billy Peltzer would but then he's like everybody's obsessed with cigarettes in this movie. This is a, this is a smoker's movie for no sure. Nicotine, so. <laughs> and, uh, it, but it's, it's funny. It's the eighties smoking where everybody cool smokes. Everybody's like, they, they flip it out of their, their. I'm going to, I, I got a hot take for you. Anybody that smokes now is cool. I'm sorry. You know why people smoked in movies? Cause it looked fucking cool. What I, what I find hilarious now is that media has to take into account vapes <laughs> so now you have to see people vaping in movies and it just it like in movies you used to do smoking as either like bad news or cool you know it was or a visual sex. marker for either one a vape is just sort of like sad it's just sort of like yeah uh, are, you, are and, you saying i'm sad I'm I'm vaping as we speak, but I'm saying, I'm saying in a movie, in a movie, like James Dean pulling out his vape and hitting on his vape is is not as, no, I I can't wait for that when James Bond has to pull out the vape. I'm not even going to let him do that. I've actually been watching new Beavis and Butthead. That's fucking amazing. And there's, there's vaping in that. And it's always hilarious. The, uh, yeah, the new Beavis and Butthead is is it brought uh, so much joy into my life. I'm I, I'm in I'm in talks with another podcaster about maybe doing some some Beavis some important Beavis and Butthead work. Mm, very important nice. stuff. Some, some important in B work. All right, so uh, Claire Carney, who um, you know, she's the one who's she, she plays uh, Gemma. Gemma, yeah. She was yep. supposed to say, um, I know you always wanted to fuck me, Mark, fuck me, but she couldn't actually figure herself to say it. So, because she kept cracking up. So she f- just changed it to take me instead, uh, which I thought was really funny because it's like, it's, again, you know, you're watching this, you're like, okay, like it's, it's, the line makes sense, but it's just is when you start seeing like she couldn't actually get it out. Like she just kept cracking it up and they kept screwing it up, but they were so tight on a budget. That they couldn't afford to keep reshooting anything. So, like, just change it. Just go with it. In fact, they actually were worried when they were filming the last scene. The Bond people from, like, who they had the the money with showed up on set. They're like, shit, wrap it up. Wrap it up. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> they didn't know they're going to shut them down. So. Not, that's a comment. Like, that's a, whenever I read low budget filmmaker books, that's a just a common theme that runs through. Yep. Yeah. Well, you know what's what's funny too is that um, so Deborah Foreman, okay, yep. she plays Sarah, right? So she's in a lot of this. So it's weird how much she has popped up in the last few years for me. Okay. So Grizzly to the Revenge finally came out. She's in that. Yes. Right. Yes. Okay. She's in. She's in Waxwork. 
Okay, we're, we're watching that here. Okay, she is also, she is the main character in a movie called My Chauffeur. Okay, and Jay, I think you know where I'm oh going with this. Oh my God, I've I, seen that. Yeah, so I had never seen My Chauffeur until a couple of years ago when I was asked to guest on another show, the shout out to the Grind Bin to cover My Chauffeur. And I'm like, what the hell do I know this girl from? She looks so familiar. Well, she's, that's Muffy from, you know, April Fool's Day and Sarah from yes. Waxwork. And she's in, you know, Lobster Man from Mars. And she's in Lunatics, A Love Story. It's like, I what the hell? It's like, this girl's been in all these things that I've that I've seen, but I just had no memory of it being her, you know? So now I'm like, shit, I'm, am I like a Deborah Foreman mark at this point? And what's funny is that she also would go on to appear in Sundown Vampire and Retreat, also, as we mentioned, you know, directed by uh, by Hickox from this. But but yeah, she's uh, she's she's kicking it in my chauffeur as Casey, which is a uh, an odd little Crown International film. It's like a sex comedy, but not. Yeah. But it yeah. has one of the one of the greatest characters ever in uh, uh, Roadkill. I think is his name. The the crazy uh, uh, punk rock guy in that. So worth watching. But ooh, just. Uh, God, I, 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 I was remember just, I was, catching I was like, that on it's like, all over the place right now. I remember catching that on Skinamax and going like, ooh, there's going to be boobs. And then going like, wow, that was a decent movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was a decent movie. It, I didn't, yeah. it wasn't bad with no boobs, so I turned it off, you know? <laughs> Not Roadkill. Catfight, played by Leland Crook, is the name of the character. But, just uh, note, yeah. Note, Deborah Foreman, real quick. Uh, she actually was dating Anthony Hickok. Uh, during the making of the movie, um, and then they actually broke up, uh, which is why she de- declined to come back for Waxwork 2 Lost in Time. Ooh. Uh, yeah, that's we lost her out there. But, uh, you know, I mean, it happens. Um, but it's... it's by the way. Um, what was the other thing I was say? Oh, crap, I forgot. I've, it'll come back to well, me. In April, it's funny, because April Fool's Day, that's another... Now that that's a movie that has a let, let's I'll be diplomatic. That's a movie that produces strong emotional reactions from people. Okay? Yeah. And but that's another one that's a classic horror wreck hanger on, you know, just for just in, in context. But to me, uh, Waxwork was a, a much better movie than April Fool's Day. So I much preferred to cover that one if we're covering Deborah Foreman movies. You know, if that's if that's where the, the purview is here. So and, and, you know, and not not to not to be, you know, too inside there. And God, it's not a Deborah Foreman podcast later coming there before a podcast <laughs> to the forefront and uh so... <laughs> to the forefront look for that one right after sweater cast and uh you know ill-advised my sequel podcast just putting them both up. <laughs> <laughs> listen up sweater puppies it's time for the sweater cast <laughs> although this this movie this movie works as a sweater at uh, for the sweater cast because david yeah. werner Hot damn, in a sweater vest and bow tie. <laughs> Ready for this? Dapper. He looks downright David dapper. Werner. David Werner was so, he, his his schedule was so tight, they only had him for two days. He filmed wow. all this stuff in two days. You can tell. That's yeah. That's what I'm saying, but that's a guy who got it all in. One take. Yeah. He so, professional. So David, that, you want to do another take? The first scene with no. him says it all. He, there's yeah. nobody there. They turn around. He's there. He's like, Hello, I'm not the devil, but I'm the devil. You should come to my thing. Yes, boom, he disappeared. Where'd he go? And, and I'm just like, ooh, there. He hopped bodies, and then he was in Ninja Turtles 2, Secret of the Ooze, and then he was in, well, before that, he was in Star Trek 5, and then he was in Star Trek 6. The man just never stops working. No. Some guys do like to work, though, you know? You I don't want to know any of those people. <laughs> Well, I'm meant from an actor standpoint. You find oh, people that if, they're in all sorts of stuff. They just like to work. It's like, like yeah, I'll take it. Yeah. I'll take it. I mean, if I was David Warner and 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 he's didn't he, he just passed recently? Yeah. Like and and yep. and I would yep. be very happy. Like I'd know that I'd gotten into some schlock too, but also knowing that like, you know, you're you're don't touch it. It's pure evil from from Time Bandits and. Tron and and I'm sure he did also some like actual dramatic roles that he was I mean the thing the thing also but, is that I mean there's a whole generation of people that also only know him as Rachel Ghoul. That is true. He's the you know, I mean 
That is, he, I he mean, was that was the that was the first on. thing. I mean, honestly, I mean, I had seen like Tron and you know a couple other things get done, but I, I mean, but I think of David Warner, I think of Rachel Ghoul, and it's like that's, you know, again from 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 a, a show that had so many great performances, and Rach wasn't on the show a lot, but he really stood well, out, and was memorable just from being raspy. I you know? I mean that like I think of all of um, what's his name that director's movies. I think that's that that's my favorite of his movies, and I'm not a big fan of him as a director, but he gets good perform like so ha- he David Warner had like probably a lot more to work with with that movie than like say with Tron and you know where they're just bringing him in and you know and the same but the same with Time Bandits you know he's working with Terry Gilliam. And he got to really well, I'm, choose I'm the sorry, Chris, what movie one. are you referring to? Um, the the Batman movie. Batman. No, no, he, no, was, he, that was, he was on Batman animated. The, the cartoon. Oh! Yeah. Oh, You're no, thinking, that's right. Liam Neeson yeah. was... Neeson. Ken, yeah, Liam Neeson and Ken Watson. getting your old right? white guys confused, Chris. Yeah. Yeah, happens. yeah, yeah. but like, David Warner's got a lot more personality than Liam Neeson. I should really... Uh, yeah, but you know, Liam, Liam Neeson's got that car dealership, Liam Neeson, so he's got some good deals. <laughs> yeah. Need a new oh, Pathfinder, boy. but... <laughs> he, has, he has a specific specific uh, set of skills that he... Uh, a specific makes, set of skills, including getting you into to a get new you the be- To get you the best price. <laughs> yep. so, Low credit? Don't worry. I will find your credit, and I will bill you. One other person I want to make a note, Eric Brown, who plays James. He's not in here super long. He's the one who's like, oh, cool, this is whatever, right? Um, some of you might have remembered him from his time on Mama's Family. Just throwing it out there, he's the yes. he's the, bro- the, the, the the brother and sister that are there. They are, uh, oh man, there's another show. I mean, I know I, we're not gonna try to attack, but like Mama's Family is one of those things that like either you love that show or you hated it. But good lord, there are times we, we, we Luca knows this. We watch Mama's Family yeah. even now because Kelly loved it, right? Because it's on in reruns and stuff, and sometimes you're watching and you're like, God, this is so fucking painful how is this funny and then other times you're laughing so hard you're gonna pee yourself yeah. um but yeah but eric brown um, it's so funny family to- another you know a, a show in one way very similar to mr ed believe it or not because mom is it, slightly different paths but you know mr ed debuted in syndication and was so popular it got picked up by a network mom yep. was the other way around actually debuted on nbc was a disaster for nbc they canceled it yeah. But the they brought it back in first run syndication, and that's the one that most people remember. Not those the earlier ones are part of the syndication package, but all the yeah. episodes you really probably remember are the ones that were in first run syndication. Yeah, it's that has nothing yeah, to do I mean, with wax work, however. That's just something I happen to know about Mama's it's Pizza. Clouds in it, so you know, kind yeah. of thing. Uh, yeah. Anyway, but it's just funny that they you know. I just wanted to the, mention that. The, I will. I will say this film also does include a trope that always drives me nuts, and I've mentioned it not just on this show, but on other horror rack hangers on. Why do colleges have lockers in movies? Can anybody explain that to me? I don't know. It's like why colleges have bells in movies yeah, too, right? It's like we're. It's like well, we we you know we want we want this to be familiar to the high school kids that we're trying to get to spend money to come see it. But these actors are too old to be playing high school kids, so we're gonna put them in college. So you kind of just split the difference, I guess, right? Yeah. Or you could do it like Slaughter High and just have you know adults playing high school students. But that's you know that's right. another situation. The thing <laughs> is, that you, you look at it and it clearly is not a college. Right, except he's going into a lecture center, which is a college. Into a lecture hall, yeah. and I'm like, the hallway is clearly not a college. Like it is like this is a high school. This is a high school. I mean, he, like, and like the in? football like, practice is clearly like high school football like practice. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I might be biased because I went to a Division One school that's won multiple national championships, but that's not what football practice looks like at a college. I'm just saying. No, it's totally. Yeah. I mean, it's all the. <laughs> all the the earmarks of high school football it's the people sit you know all the other people sitting on the you know let's all meet in the bleachers you know at the and yeah. watch the football players practice it's yeah it wasn't it wasn't very college but i'm gonna be honest all those things that make this movie like wait like you say like that's weird it's whatever things are out of yeah. at 
You yeah. over all of that. Like none yeah. of that stuff detracts from the fact that like literally you got solid special effects. There's really good gore. If you ever can track down the unrated version, you can appreciate all the gore that they cut. Right? The 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 characters are unique. Probably yes. the best way to I don't want to say quirky, because they're all there but they're all different. Like I yeah. mean you're supposed to be these rich kids who are whatever or they're all stuck on, but they're not the same cookie cutter kid. I mm. mean literally and and there's comedy at places you're like that's okay like it's funny well like, literally my line that it I opened legitimately it, funny at times yeah the, the, the like, things that are a little off honestly probably add to the whole atmosphere of it you know yeah. so well, that's what i'm saying like, like like i mean you're watching this thing you're like okay like when the mother tells him i heard you were having drinks with the help again that leads to anarchy <laughs> like what like yeah. like those yeah, that's a weird. Yeah, that's a weird <laughs> little. And he's like, they're people too. But then yeah. he's an, an, still an insufferable prick, having the guy load his cigarette in his mouth and is giving yeah. his caffeine. It's caffeine, your nicotine, sir. You know. But it, but again, the thing about that, even even the like the line I opened with, they were like the the the, the dictators are the bad men with the little one. Like that thing, like. That's so funny. Like when that happens, I'm like, forget that's in the movie. And I'm like, I forgot how funny that line is because it's she's like, I gotta get it. She's yelling. She's like, it's okay. I still love you. You know, kind of thing. Like to the housekeeper, she's writing this. But he, well, that's he, the thing. He says, like, you got to be nice to the help and their people too, and treat them like people. And he's like, write my sixty-page worth of papers for me. Yeah. <laughs> obviously, it's a hellish experience for her because she's going nuts. He says in the scene before he goes, I have to get home. I'm not sure how good my my housekeeper is on. Um, oh, was it uh, uh, European dictators or whatever he says? And then that's what she came up with. And you're like with the little mustache. And I'm like, of course, of course. But yeah. And, and you know, the thing is, though, because Luke and I mentioned we saw this on sci fi for a while, but on, and on uh, um, like Channel 11 and stuff. You know where else this showed a lot was on. Um, USA up all night with Gilbert Godfrey because Gilbert makes the joke when they goes, we'll be back to wax works after I have 40 hamburgers you know it's one of those it's just like oh my god I forgot because we would watch this on like you know USA up all night especially when Gilbert Godfrey was the host there were movies that they showed up over and over and over again and this was one of them this fright night like other things that are in there you're like okay that's how we saw these things when we were young because we didn't have this on VHS and stuff. This is a movie I got, I mean, that we saw when we were younger. And I didn't get till. I mean, I don't think I ever owned a VHS of Waxworks. I probably bought a, a DVD of it. And now I have the special edition Blu-ray from Vestron that has this and the sequel. But it's just so funny that like, there's all those things that we would, like, stay up late like, on a Friday night to watch. And they're all cut to shreds because they're, like, it, well, it's not cut to shreds, but certain movies were but they're cut up and some of that because that's how you saw movies and they and the certain things that stayed right. with you i mean like literally that's how we saw friday the 13th all of them where they were all cut up on tv we never saw them in the theater you know until like well i mean that's saw jason versus freddy but like good lord that's like what you know yeah what 10 20, oh, 20 right. movies I mean, first friday yeah, it's way way deep in there. Not that's how you saw it, and so that's why movies like this <clears throat> and others of its ilk, and for me, a lot of like the Full Moon movies and stuff. Why they yeah. they stood out because you saw them because they they were available in a format that you could consume them, right? And mm-hmm. and uh, I meant you know and 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 that's and that breeds you know familiar that 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 breeds that familiarity, and you start to really appreciate what they're doing here. And that this one again with the being an homage to all the the classic uh you know horror uh not not just movies but just horror uh stuck characters right the axe murderer the the alien the werewolf that kind of thing it's it's easy to consume if you're already a horror fan you know right and i and i said this i said this in the group chat a couple of days ago it's like you get the i mean if you tell me the premise of this movie it really sounds like charles band produced this or directed it doesn't it i mean this sounds right up charles band's alley Right, it's like a bunch of stuff that's that I, I can mean, use it, without it, paying it, nobody, you know. I mean, <laughs> and it a, might not and be a, full a dwarf and a tall guy, you know. Yeah, well, I'm saying it, but it's, it may not be full moon, but it definitely sounds like an empire movie, right? Well, Which is you strange. know, let's say, I will, I will say this: it would have been um, what Guy Rolf would have been playing the role of David Warner had this been uh, 
uh, you know, uh, uh, Charles Band, right? So, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's just crazy to think that that's, uh, you know, I mean, and even the poster does, looks does, like kind of like a full moon movie a does, little bit, you know. Yeah, it's all kind of smacks of it, you know. <laughs> Uh, but again, but that I, that was, but you know, that was not a bad thing for Vestron to to lean into. I mean, you know, Empire had made a lot of money send, doing direct to video. That in eighty, this is eighty eight. This is a little, but this is before Full Moon. This is Empire, uh, or this is right when Empire is is going bankrupt. And you know, let's get all the money we can out of the company before the uh, you know before the government seizes it and all that situation. But <laughs> you know, uh, the thing I, that I like about this too is that you know. Even though, like he says, like I said, that, that you know, uh, waxworks are out of date, you know, there are still wax museums with tons of horror characters in them. And that makes in this in, in, in a weird way, it kind of makes this movie a little timeless. Right. A few years ago, I went on vacation with my family down to Myrtle Beach and we went to the Hollywood Wax Museum in Myrtle Beach. And besides all the celebrities and the celebrity pictures are always fun. I got a great picture of me and Vin Diesel. It's like, you know, I could nice. be in those Fast and Furious movies. I'm not a buster, but uh, they have a whole section of just horror icons, right? So we got pictures of the kids with, you know, uh, the demon from Legend and the Xenomorph and, you know, Freddy Krueger and the Predator and all that. So it's still, that's still an aspect of Waxworks and a Wax Museum to have the horrific aspect right the monsters and and uh lunatics and killers right so it does lend it a certain type of timelessness because i think a wax museum is by its nature kind of an old-fashioned sort of attraction right so the idea that yeah. it's passe to even though our characters are existing in the year 1988 to them it's passe will it be still passe to 20 somethings in the year 2023 right so i think it, it does work in yeah. in that sense and I, I do like that because it's like there's nothing in here that's really, really out of date, right? This is not one of those like, well, if they had a cell phone, the whole movie wouldn't work. It's not none of that, you know, hipster bullshit can work on this movie because of the setup and the premise, right? You get shoved through a uh, a, a animated portal and you're in Miles O'Keefe's Dracula. Yeah, you know? no towers. You, you, you ain't going to get no service in Transylvania, you know? Yeah. No bars. <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah. The, um, and Luke's right. I mean, that's the thing is, like, when you look at, like, kind of, I mean, again, everything about this would definitely say to you, this looks like, you know, Empire, Charles Band, like, all that kind of thing. But it's Vestron, which is right. definitely, like, if you know your, I mean, again, if you know your VHS stuff from the ladies and stuff, you, it makes perfect sense as Vestron, too, you know, kind of thing. Like, this is what they were doing, you know, so, uh, but... Anyway, I, again, folks, if you haven't checked this out, it is so well worth your time to go uh, track it down. This, this, oh, I, yeah. Yeah, I love this movie. I love this movie. It's just so much fun. It's funny. It's you know, it's you know, it's just great. So fun and fast paced. Yeah, I had a real good time yep. watching this. Yep, and you can you can pick it up, Jay. I'm sure you've got some details, but I know this is out on Blu-ray. Oh yeah. So yeah. So. Um, what, so the Waxworks Blu-ray is, um, it's with Waxworks 2, uh, um, somewhere, not, somewhere in time, Lost, Lost in, time. in Time. Yep, and it's part of the Vestron collection. Um, Vestron, they've put out a bunch of movies now. Again, they, they tend to be a little pricey for, like, when it's just a single movie, I always find it a little expensive. But, like, this is two movies for, like, 22 bucks new. You can get it used every now and then. Um, Vestron also put out the Warlock collection, the Wishmaster yep. collection, oh, both of which All those I W movies. Uh, Listeners yeah, may yes. notice that I've kind of worked through the W movies in programming the show lately. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Vestron lately, uh, the late, the, the, they, they just put out the Dentist collection, which was a big seller when it came out. And people were like, really? And I'm like, yeah, they also have, um, uh, the, the, the Silent Night 3, Silent Night they've done a three four and five those are yes. the kind of things they're putting out um besides blood diner and i was gonna say uh vestron uh, also did uh, chopping mall did the vestron edition uh, of vestron video collector series of chopping mall which is a great pickup also the Go gate. back in the, in the in the in the archive yeah uh, the gate. another movie we cover here so yeah uh, it's kind of funny that to think that like vestron's putting these things out i mean you know they 
not every one of them is going like, oh my god, I got to run out and get it. Like I'm not like I wasn't like I need to upgrade my copy of Earth Girls or Easy, but they put that up too. Um, but I'm saying is, but like Vestron, if you kind of know your history of you know, uh, um, you know, like the way like the VHS boom and stuff like that, yeah, they're they're a big player there, you know. So yeah, absolutely. But yeah, no, dude, seriously, uh, folks, if you if you can't tell from this episode, this movie's a ton of fun. You can. I said you can pick it up. Uh, it's available for streaming on Tubi. It's on Plex, uh, the legal one, you know. So there's there's plenty of opportunity to see it for free with ads. That's what I watched it on was was Tubi, and it's it's just a lot of fun. Get some friends together, get a case of your favorite beverage, and you'll you'll enjoy it. It's not it's not so gruesome that if you've got a spouse that's not into it, like my wife, I said I said yeah, you could probably watch this. I said I think you dig the story, and I know she dig like the the vampires stuff like that. The you know the 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 vaguely occult stuff about it because it's I love a good I love an occult movie that doesn't that really refuses to give anything away like Halloween yeah. three sort of sort of thing right yeah. and uh, you know so yeah it's I mean it, again well, it, it's not not the most well known movie but to me it's one of those little sleeper late eighties movies that you watch like that was good why haven't we watched this before you know so give it give it a shot um, Luke you mentioned uh, a case of your favorite beverages and that reminded me I just wanted to. Uh... Well, you know, give give thanks for this this good show that we had, but also to to just to stop and pause for a moment and consider what the show would have been if if it had been when Hair Metal Hero drank a six pack of beer and thought it was last week and would have been and would have been coming in hot to the show with a six pack of beer in him. That would have been that would have been a waxwork episode. Oh yeah. yeah. I just wanna, oh yeah. I just wanna, I just wanna you know, like pay tribute yeah, put, to put that out there in the been. world for sure. Hey, look, I, I can I can make that six pack thing happen almost when, anytime. When you, when you, I'm just like sitting there editing or something. I hear bloop and, I, and you're like, I'll be on in ten minutes, and I'm like, oh, what? <laughs> and then you're Mistakes like, oh, were made. They were like, oh, next week. And you're like, oh, I, I, I just had maybe it's the six beers. And I'm like, damn, that would have been a wild show. I mean, six beers really isn't a lot. It was just it was six beers in like two and a half hours. So that's that's where the problem lies. <laughs> <laughs> this is where the power lies. What were you drinking? I was drinking uh, Sam Adams uh, Porch Rocker. Oh, it's a OK. It's a it's a it's a what do they call it? A Rattler? I don't know. It's Rattler. German. Yep. Yeah, yeah it's, so it's a rattler delightful. and a shandy are a, ra- a rattler and a sandy are very, very, uh, are very similar. I like fruity stuff. Yeah, hey, that's in their summer collection box. It's, it's very refreshing. Yeah. It is. It's quite refreshing. It'll get you drunk. <laughs> it's like a junior mint. Refreshing. It's delicious. It's very refreshing. <laughs> All right. Well, unfortunately, there's no Jerry Seinfeld in uh, in the waxwork. So what's uh, the deal with these waxworks? Uh, I, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't have wanted Jerry Seinfeld in it, but I, you know, I wouldn't have been opposed to a little Costanza in there, thrown in. Can't stand you. I can't stand you. Can't stand you. just go watch, uh, you know, uh, yeah, what, what the hell was the that burning. there? The burning. The burning. The burning. Yeah. Uh, the burning, it which the the has like, it has like all these people who are stars, and none of them are the lead night name on the movie. <laughs> they're all just brand new now that they're all bigger stars but anyway so yeah but yeah go go check out waxwork tell them we sent you y'all free y'all enjoy it i have every yeah, face this, this would be a good double feature with with fright night yes, yes. Yeah. absolutely yeah yeah movies that don't take themselves they're 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 horror movies but they definitely have the comedy in there too to keep you kind of like all right, you know, but you know what? That that doesn't that kind of. But it was the '80s, right? I mean, that's you know that that was right. that that, yeah, that was something that they weren't afraid of in the '80s. Yeah. Post Gremlins was to laugh at yourself a little bit and let the audience in on the joke, you know. But it's yeah. it's it's you you work you work the marks. You don't work the boys, right? So you you know yeah. you let the audience in on the joke a little bit, but you still keep a few things in reserve. That right? that actually reminds me of something that you know that I was I was in the men's room at a. I think it was, I don't know if it was oh at Fenway Park or whatever. Oh my. 
sitting All there. Right, I where's thought, this story oh, going? I thought, yeah. I thought of something. I thought of something funny, and I'm sitting there, you know, just pissing. I'm, I chuckled to myself, and the guy next to me goes, "What are you laughing at? The joke's in your hands." <laughs> Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two True Freaks. Lemon face. Ooh, lion face. Ah, lemon face. Ooh. Pumpernickel. Pumpernickel. Uh, All right. This one's frozen peas. Mm. They're even better raw.